Welcome to Points of View, the Point Hacks podcast. I'm your host, David Walsh. Singapore have recently reduced their COVID restrictions, effectively opening the country up for tourism. Today, I'm joined by Daniel Skipperis, the editor-in-chief of Point Hacks, who recently came back from a trip to Singapore. We discuss what Singapore's like at the moment for tourism and the best ways that Australians can get there using their points. Well, I'm feeling blessed today. We've got uh, Daniel Skibberis, a.k.a. Skibbo, the editor-in-chief of Point Hacks. Good morning, Dave. <laughs> Welcome. I, you know, the, the, uh, the listeners won't hear this, but we, we had, about, we had a, a good like two, three-minute discussion about how we should refer to you on the podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously, you know, Daniel Skibberis, most people would think to call you Dan, but um, the, the, you just don't like that, do you? No, I feel like a dog. It's a dog's <laughs> name, Dan. So you go for Skibbo. <laughs> Yes, it's yes, much more re- professional. Really lean into the yes. Australianism, right? Yes. Well, <laughs> it's good to have you back, Skibbo. It's, Thank um, you. It's been a little while since we've had you on the uh, on the podcast. Yes, it has been well, two years at least, I would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a, a couple of lockdowns and uh, a couple of years of of not flying too much. Um, yeah. How have you coped? I mean, out of everyone that I that I know and I speak to, I mean, you, the the editor in chief of of Point Hacks is, is used to flying, used to you know, burning those points. How did how did you mm-hmm. go over those last two years? Uh, there were moments of frustration, obviously, in terms of, um, yeah, just how to cope. I mean, obviously, in the early days, you know, precautions had to be made. So I think everyone understood that. And while it was disappointing, you know, not being able to travel, I mean, I, I guess, obviously, um, things had to be done. I mean, it was very hard initially uh, cancelling all, uh, all my trips to Europe. Definitely. Oh, yeah. I, could, how, how many trips did you have to cancel? Oh, uh, a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't remember exactly, but probably between around or around about 10 or so, which doesn't sound like a big number, but given that each one took an hour to get through, if not longer, um, if you needed to contact the airlines and that it was it was a big deal. But um, I guess the big disappointment was that it was going to be my first time flying Emirates first in an A380. <laughs> so that is still on my bucket list, though, and it's good to see that that's going back up in the air as well. Oh, absolutely. So I'm sure I'll be able to I have mean, a chance to do that. But, um, I mean, even I hmm. want to do that. I want to get that shower. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, um, yeah, look, it was just a matter of just thinking ahead all the time. That's how you get through it. I mean, we didn't really know it was going to last two years, but... Um, but uh, yeah, just just always planning ahead what you're going to do. I created a very very awesome uh, frequent flyer points table in Excel for myself in oh, my I'm, downtime. I'm so sure. it's coming uh, it's coming very handy because now I can keep track and work out the best ways to optimize those points as well. So I mean, knowing you, you must have you must have racked up the points in that two year period. Yeah, I did. I mean. Um, I, again, in the initial stages, it was very hard to know, you know, oh, a credit card company is going to come out with offers. Are they going to approve you, um, et cetera? But, um, but it didn't take long before I realized in terms of that space anyway, the best ways to earn the points is, is through, through cards a lot of the times. Um, that sort of didn't change too much. And, um, yeah, it allowed me very much to earn a lot of points. Yeah. Well, now we're on the other side of it. You've your your points up. You're uh, you've been <laughs> lock, locked in Australia for far too long, and now you're uh, you're, you're itching to get out there and um, and you know see the world, or actually probably more importantly, see the see the seats on the way to seeing the world. Yes, yes, um, and definitely happening. Yeah, yeah. So you you were uh, you just got back from Singapore. Yeah, that's right. So I did uh, the first at. Uh, my really first, I guess you can call it long haul, medium haul, I guess some people will call it, um, trip 
uh, to Singapore, um, coinciding with the removal of all the restrictions for Singapore. So um, no testing or anything like that. So, yeah, no, it was a great experience. Um, I don't want to preempt some of the questions, but but it was much uh, it was much smoother. Well, very smooth, um, uh, you know, travel experience. Well, it's it's funny, like because you and I have basically traveled to Singapore at the same time. Mm, um, that's right. You know, d- different airlines, but um, we we were both probably would have just missed each other at the airport. But um, it's uh, I'm you know obviously having a a hub like Singapore close by that has you know dropped its testing requirements to get in and out it's um it's a great indicator for what's going to come with other countries yeah i think so and look i've always thought that once some countries start to really uh, reduce or remove actually their restrictions that competitive um pressure will start to come into play at the end of the day there's a lot of tourism dollars for a lot of countries and mm. if one country just remains closed when their next door neighbour is is completely open, uh, you know, tourists will start to make decisions based on that, and yeah. they'll um, yeah put their money towards the, I guess, country that has the uh, path of least resistance to get in. Absolutely. So Singapore, I'm guessing that's the main reason we sort of we had you go over to Singapore was to test out the okay, what's the experience like there on the ground? What's it like getting in without the the testing requirements? Uh, before we dive into what the experience is in Singapore you know, were when you got there. Yep. Um, what are some of the, like, I, I know you flew with uh, Singapore Airlines. What are some of the ways that, you know, Aussies can kind of get to Singapore at the moment? Uh, look, obviously, Singapore Airlines is, is one way. So um, if you've got any stash of Chris Fly miles and, and good to see if you've got some velocity points as well, at the moment, economy and business class is open. Premium economy and first redemptions are not as yet, but they're promised to be open soon. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Um, obviously, Qantas is, an, is another major way. Um, to get there, so if you've got Qantas points, you can look to redeem with with Qantas and um, and um, British Airways as well. Fly through Singapore, so um, um, obviously the frequency is nowhere near Qantas, but uh, that, that's another option as well. So look, they're the they're the two main options to get to Singapore. Of course, there is um, if you're not looking at full service and you wanted to look at Jetstar, um, there's always that option as well, and that, and that's with Qantas points too. Yeah, you you decide to go with Singapore Airlines for this particular. Mm-hmm this particular trip um i feel before we dive into before we dive into the the details of how you got there and how many points it was and, and the experience um singapore airlines came out with a, an announcement last night for us um mm. that they are changing <laughs> the rules around their points redemptions mm-hmm. um well i think we probably just better you know hit that nail on the head before we dive into some points yeah, so I think they just found out that I just finished the articles for them, so um, now I have to rewrite them. So uh, I think the timing was just spot on um, for that. But look, in in, in all seriousness, um, look, I guess it's to be expected and Singapore Airlines has always had very great value redemptions and look, even even with this increase, 10% increase, their redemption values are still very competitive. Um and not overlooking the fact that their taxes, fees, and charges are quite low as well. So, um, look, I uh, no one likes, I guess, <laughs> you know, devaluations in points. But at the end of the day, we're seeing prices go up everywhere, and a lot of people do sometimes 
don't think that inflation applies to frequent flyer points, but it does. And um, and look, it's been a long time since they've increased their points. Um, same with Qantas previously when they did it a few years ago. It was a long time since they had done it as well. So, um, yeah, look, I think this price increase to sink borrow lines is, is, is quite reasonable in, in my view. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely fair. Um, so any points that we're about to talk about, just imagine it's probably going to be about plus 10% if you're looking to book these, yep. these trips yourselves. Um, so why did, you, why did you choose Singapore Airlines to, uh, to go over? Well, Singapore Airlines is probably, if you, if you ask a lot of Australians, what is their international airline that they choose if it's not Qantas? Um, Singapore Airlines is always up there, um, very much probably the dominant star alliance airline uh, in Australia. Clearly, if you're wanting to fly to Singapore, it also makes um, a lot of sense <laughs> to fly Singapore Airlines if, you, if you're not going to fly the, uh, the Australian carrier to Singapore. So, um, yeah, look, that, that was one of the main reasons. Also, we know their service is good. We know we're going to have a lot to be able to write about and, um, and uh, get people excited about travelling to Singapore if we went to review that Singapore Airlines product. So... Uh, there's that reason, coupled with the fact that, oh, you know, notwithstanding this recent price increase, it's still very good value on um, the frequent flyer points end. And also th- that a lot of credit card companies here in Australia, and there are some ground partners too, um, do partner with Singapore Airlines. So uh, it's easy for, uh, or one of the easier ones anyway, easier programs for Australians to earn uh, crisp flyer miles on. So all those three factors uh, definitely swung us towards flying Singapore Airlines. Oh, great. And you flew on the A350 business class. Yes, I did on the way there. So Brisbane to Singapore, A350 uh, business class. So it's a, it's a very modern aircraft, the one I got on. Um, I could tell just, you know, no longer did they have those manual click switches to, to move things like your seat. Everything was the tap electronic style. Um, it felt new. It, it, it felt very clean and modern as it always does with Singapore Airlines. So, yeah, no, it was a great way to get over there. Mm. And um, what was the what was the experience from your perspective? You know, going, getting to Brisbane Airport. Mm. You know, did you did you pop into a lounge? Yeah, and then and then actually landing in Singapore. Like, obviously, I've done it. I've done it myself, so I I know in my head what this process is like with their new, um, you know, re- reduction in um, in testing requirements. But why don't you just quickly walk us through what that experience was for you? Yeah, look, I'll, I'll walk through it. But really, the best way to say it is. Everything that you did pre-COVID plus taking out your international vaccine certificate, really that's the that's the way um, that that was that's how smooth it got, at least by the day that I went to travel. So yeah, uh, arrived at the airport, uh, obviously had to wear a mask, maybe that's the the only other the difference um, while you're in the airport, uh, walked in, went to the business class check-in line, had a few people ahead of me. Um, it was very quick. Uh, within a few minutes, um, I was in there. Um, it, the business line was obviously much uh, shorter than the economy class line. Uh, they I mean, had a lot helps. of people sneaking through it. <laughs> yeah, so you, you're getting those benefits as well if you're flying business class. Uh, yeah, so within minutes I was at the checking counter and look, all I pretty much got asked is, is for my passport and just um, proof of my uh, international vaccine certificate. Now, um, I recommend to everyone at the moment, go back to 1988 and start printing out your certificates and things like that, have hard copies. I think we've said on every podcast this year so far, yeah. make sure you have a printer, make sure you print them yes. out. It, and I can say from my experience that, my God, it, it is just, it's so much yeah. easier to just pull out a piece of paper from a folder or wherever you're keeping it than yeah. you see people rummaging around their phone trying to 
you yeah. know, bring up an appropriate level of documentation, yeah. um, it's it's going to save a lot of headaches. Yeah, and, printing and it a piece does. Paper. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I mean, I'm pretty well organised, and so if I had to go to my phone, I, I think I pretty much know where I've put it. But but still, you know, phones nowadays, if they want to be temperamental, they'll be temperamental right at that check-in. Wi-Fi doesn't work, or or the, you run out of battery or something. So <laughs> it's always good to have a, a hard copy. Um, look, I just handed over my passport, my hard copy certificate to um, the check-in uh, lady. She oh, punched a few digits in for about half a minute to a minute of, in, in terms of my international um, certificate details everything else was normal everything yeah. else was you know what what what, what we always um expected had you um, uh, had you printed mm. out your singaporean declaration form as well uh no uh, yes i had actually i had printed it out but i don't recall having to show that as a hard copy if i if i can remember that one i'm um, definitely the international certificate i think i had that on my phone though i think yeah i i i, I, yeah, I, I certainly I, I had to show that i'd done it yes um, yeah uh, look i think i think i had i, I think i did I, I think i just showed my hard copy because i did print print off the um confirmation page for that so yeah do that again i mean that just goes in line with with what i just said print everything that you think <clears throat> sorry excuse me needs printing <clears throat> sorry excuse me um and um yeah, then you can just show them. Yeah, I, I think she just cited it, to be honest. Absolutely. Mm. That's why it's not in my memory. Um, she she did a bit more <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. She did a bit more with the um with the uh the vaccine certificate. Yeah. Uh, but aside from that, then it was uh, telling me about the lounge and everything like that and, and where to find it. And um yeah, wish me a very good flight. And and I was in and out within about five minutes. Yeah. Um and yeah, I, I know from experience myself <laughs> at the moment that Singapore Singaporean declaration forms about you have to do that about three days, at least three days before yes. before you travel. Um how did you find <laughs> actually landing in Singapore and navigating through navigating through the airport, yeah. you know, customs immigration? Customs is usually pretty easy in Singapore. Actually so is immigration usually. Yeah. Uh, look, look, to be honest, it had been about 12 years since I actually went out into Singapore. So um, my memory of, of, of last time I did it uh, was not uh, great in terms of remembering it. I, I think I remember it being a very uh, smooth experience then as well. But in terms of my flight to get over there, the flight was relatively full. But what I noticed is once we got off at Singapore, I'd say 90% of people were transiting through to Europe, Middle East or other destinations. So there weren't many of us uh, actually getting out in Singapore. Now, that's probably to be expected because I, I went to Singapore just days after those restrictions were removed. So um, I think there's still just a bit of a catch-up on that. So it was very, very smooth for me. I mean, I got to passport control and there was about six lanes open and no one there. So um, went up to the guy and, um, yeah, again, he just asked for the vaccine certificate proof. Again, he punched something in for about a minute on his computer, um, got me to do my fingerprints. Now your thumbprints, yeah. Thumbprints, yep. yeah, sorry. Um, thumbprints, uh, look into the camera and I was on my way. Yeah. It was as you... smooth as that. And then I think my bag was the one and only bag on the uh, baggage carousel, <laughs> um, which made my priority baggage tags quite redundant. But um, but yeah, got the bag, went off to the taxi rank and off I, off I went. Off you went, you know, yeah. It's, of course, classic Singapore. You know, yeah. a lot of lot of shopping in Singapore, and they've yeah. obviously got the oh. the jewel now. So as soon as you pick up your bags, if you wanted to, you could go and go and check out the shops. Yeah, so I was very excited about the jewel. Although I landed quite late, at, well, not quite late, about nine p.m. at night. So I have I had the jewel for another day, which which I'm, you know, I'll talk about it in a moment. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, it's uh, look, everything's just 
so well signed, mm-hmm. so well, um, so clean. Um, in terms of the actual airport, uh, yeah, it was felt, felt very quiet still because obviously the restrictions had just been removed. But I, I felt like things were, were already beginning to open up, like the shops were still open and it looks like a lot of them were just preparing for, well, this is June now, isn't it? So I'm sure there's going to be a huge influx over the next coming weeks and months um, of people flying to Europe um, uh, from Australia via Singapore. So I expect it to be a lot busier. Yeah, for sure. By the time this goes live. So what did you get up to in Singapore? Um, Look, the first thing, I definitely saw all the the major sites, but the first thing I did, and this is what I recommend everyone to do, um, if they're physically willing to do it anyway, and um, not just in Singapore but in other destinations too, is I I took a guided bike tour. Um, you're uh, mad, around the you're, city. You're a madman. No, no, I've oh, yeah. spent a lot of time in Singapore and you're a madman. Uh, well, it was, God, it was quite funny, actually. There were seven of us and, of course, all seven of us were Aussies and most of them were from Queensland as well. Which I'm from. So, <laughs> so you're used, you're used yeah, to a bit of humidity. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I'd die. I think I would die on a, on a, a uh, okay, guided well, bike actually, tour throughout yeah. Singapore. It's funny that you say that because I didn't even consider the humidity. It was definitely hot, but because it's always hot where I where I live most of the time, except for now. Um, yeah, I didn't even factor it in. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't think many of my other um, uh, colleagues on that on that tour did either. But look, it, it it was such a good way to get around the city in such a short period of time. Mm. So, um, and the reason I suggest if you want to do it, do it sooner rather than later when you get there, is that you just get to see all these different sites and then if you really like something you can go back to it uh, mm. later on in your trip and um yeah so that was the first thing i did um unfortunately i had the worst of weather after that um so i had two days it wasn't just raining but it was like you so know singapore, singapore right? downpour yeah. coupled with lightning and thunder so um i had to rejig a lot of my plans that i had you know um, comfortably scheduled over the next two days to try and cram them in on my second last day there and try to run around like a headless chook, um, just trying to, to get around there. But look, things like the Mariner Bay Sands, obviously, if you can get up to that observation desk, you're going to have yep. beautiful views of the city. Um, the thing I noticed from last time I went to Singapore was that you can't get to that um, where the infinity pool is anymore. That is strictly for residents now. I, I mean- think... In all fairness, a yeah. lot of people would try and get up there. Oh, well, exactly. And look, previously, like I'm talking, you know, 10, 11 years ago, uh, you could. Mm. Uh, you couldn't swim in it. Again, that was just for residents. But you could go up there. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was just so crowded. Um, I can understand why residents themselves probably, yeah, gave them a lot of feedback on that. But, yeah, definitely you want to do the observation um, deck. Just walking around the city, seeing uh, – now, I hope I don't butcher this pronunciation. Malian, Malian, Malian Park, M E R L I O N. The Mer, Mal- what is the it? Mer, the Merlion. It's Merlion, uh, isn't it? It's the Merlion. Yeah. It's it's Singapore's national icon. You know, they yeah. it's half half lion, half yeah. mermaid. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the funny story about that whole lion and the lion city is that there's never really been a lion in Asia, and just the founder confused a lion with what people think was a tiger. They're not convinced of that either, but they think. And anyway, but that lion name lion city stuck around <laughs> for I mean, the, the ages. Sto- now. The story is always better than the truth, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, look, definitely did that. And then apart from that, uh, like you said, shopping is 
is so huge in Singapore. Oh, it's king. It's, it's a it's network king. of shopping centers. Well, it's, a la- it's a labyrinth of shopping centers as well. You talk about yeah. having the bad weather. You can yeah. go underground in Singapore and not surface for hours. If you go to uh, Orchard Road, it is yep. literally a, a, a tunnel of the subterranean shopping mecca yeah. uh, that you can cross underneath Orchard Road. You can go yep. through all the all the major shopping centers and, and never see the light of day and spend all your money. Absolutely. Um, it's very and, Singaporean. And that's the thing that really caught my attention. I was just, uh, I think in my article, I wrote a network of shopping centers, but labyrinth is probably even a better word. I mean, it's, um, yeah, the minute you just step out of one shopping center, you're in another. And the sometimes the only difference is that you just look at the branding of the shopping center on the signage because um, they're all modern. They're all they're all you know they've all got things like fountains and things like that, and just shops everywhere. And and they have like little narrow corridors of shops as well, so you can really get lost. Um, you know, I have no idea where you are by the end of it. I stayed at uh, Orchid Road as well, so. Um, yeah, it's uh, so my hotel was actually linked to there's of course an express link to the shopping center that's attached to it next door, um, and um, yeah, it was uh, if, if you love shopping and if you love food, by by the way as well, you, you're not going to be um, you're not going to be lost. Um, yeah, and I will too. I will say from my experience mm. being in Singapore, obviously Orchard, Orchard Road is mm. is up and running. Um, if you're looking to go out at night, you know, chimes, raffles, mm. you know, going to the long bar for your Singapore sling or mm-hmm. going to Lapa Sat for some hawker food, uh, Singapore is open. You know, there, yeah. there, is, there are some places where maybe the, the, the latest of nightlife probably isn't back to what it was pre-COVID levels, but there's definitely action, plenty to do. Um, you know, it's it's well, it was refreshing to see that you could go yeah. there and actually, you know, experience Singapore rather than uh, something that's you know half closed. Yeah, I don't know what feel you got there, Dave, from when you were there because it was around the same time. Um, I know that, uh, like for example, I wanted to try and, and get a drink at the observation deck, and and that was fully booked out for I, weeks. And I months. guess uh, I've um, been to Singapore so much that I, I I've I've done the observation. Deck. Yeah, I bet. So. Yeah. Yeah, but 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 uh, what I what the guy told me as well on the bike tour, he said, look, he said, just over the last few weeks, people are really feeling comfortable and they're getting out now. And and, and I'm talking about the locals, mm. um, and and I definitely sense that on Orchard Road. I mean, it was just it was busy, and you could tell it was a lot of locals too, um, and and people are getting out and about, and I think that's only going to keep growing. So yeah, look, I, I think that's a good thing for them, um, but definitely things are beginning to happen in terms of the nightlife. Yeah, it was quiet, but for me, I'm not sure if it was because people aren't going out because for my bike tour guide again said that no people are really beginning to go out at night as well it could have just been the awful weather <laughs> i think it's a combination so, of, probably yeah. combination of that and combination of people still coming back to singapore yeah um so you know really just you know bulking out that that part of the uh, the the experience with uh, yep. you know more you know expats coming back international tourists mm. etc um okay so i got to ask a question mm. so flying back to australia who approved you flying first class? Oh, Mike, you couldn't have been more happier that we found a seat. And uh, I couldn't have been more happier either. I mean, look, there's a caveat to it, and that is that it ended up being an overnight flight. Um, so I think uh, if the, those first class day trips were probably sold as revenue seats, uh, possibly, um, or they were grabbed a lot earlier than when I booked it, which was literally a week before we left, if that. So... Um, actually, I think I booked it on my birthday. So, yeah, birthday, it would have been days. Yeah. Um, 
we just want to see what the experience was, the difference again between first and business. At the end of the day, um, Chris Fly miles being used for first class redemptions is always a good way to use your miles. Um, and a lot of people sometimes wonder or question what is the difference between business class and first class. So um, uh, I haven't finalised the article on the first class yet, but I'll definitely make that distinction um, come the time. Um, and um, look, you're going to just get obviously more attentive service, a, a bigger a bigger seat, a bigger suite. Um, not to say the business class is anything cramped or anything, but uh, but yeah, you're just going to get that. Just everything is just that upper level, right? High yeah. level. So even in terms of dining, you know, you're you're going to get the caviar and things like that. So um, yeah, yeah, it's, great. Yeah. Um, so say you know, listener at home has just been sold on Singapore. Hmm. Want to get some Chris Flyer miles? Any any tips on where to look for an Australian to really start to um, collect? Chris Fly Miles. I know. I know that looking at flexible uh, reward programs can be can be a good place to start. Yeah. So that is a good place to start. And look, most of them that well, I think all of them that relate to uh, Chris Fly nowadays are part of a flexible points program. I think the co-branded credit cards um, no longer with one of the banks, so I can't even recall who had it. But, um, yeah, so definitely it's part of the flexible points program. So things like American Express Rewards and a lot of a lot of the, uh, the the major bank programs as well, Singapore Airlines, Chris Flyer is a partner for them. So always keep a lookout on some of the good bonus sign-up bonus deals that a lot of these cards can have because, obviously, you will earn points in that flexible points currency, but then, of course, convert them into Chris Flyer miles uh, if you see a Chris Flyer seat that you want to grab so um yeah we we've got uh, we've got a link to our credit card offers uh on um our experiences article that we'll be publishing uh shortly and um yeah always just keep an eye out on all our um content that comes out with regards to offers like that through um especially through our social channels or through our email channel so if you haven't subscribed to our email uh, make sure you do because we will always be getting those um, offers out to you and you can be the first in in for them. No, perfect. Well, Skibo, thanks for coming on board and selling what a great time you had in Singapore. No worries. Thanks, Dave. Looking forward to having you back on the podcast soon. Thank you. That's it for today's episode of Points of View, the Point Hacks podcast. Remember to visit pointhacks.com.au for more frequent flyer deals, guides, and tips. I'm David Walsh, and don't forget to subscribe. <laughs>